Hi, my name is Charlotte Cho, and I'm the youngest of the three Cho kids. You know my dad is the greatest country radio personality ever, but to me, he's that guy who's always number one in carpool to come and pick me up. My mom lets me crank my music at volume 100 all day, every day, and always sings along with me. I'm super proud of my parents and all that they've achieved this year. They've taught us to never give up and always believe you can come back from anything. Here's my mom and dad with their second act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old. I put in a loyal, loyal 26 years until July 2019. Welcome to my second act. My name is Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. And today our firstborn is 17 years old. Well, my firstborn. You have another firstborn. We have our, I have my stepson, Will. But my, my first biological child, Olivia, is 17 years old today on Tuesday if you're listening on upload day. And it just seems hard to believe, doesn't it? It does. I know parents always say that. And if you don't have kids, you're like rolling your eyes right now. But it does. You feel that way. Especially when it's your firstborn. I can remember if you've I don't know if other moms are like this. I'm sure they are. But my most, like one of the memories that I is seared into my brain is when you have your child and they give them to you. And you look down at them and their little eyes, I'm going to start crying. And, and it's like, I remember my doctor saying with Olivia, you're in the club now. You're a mom now. And then he said, from this day forward, your heart is always going to beat outside of your chest. And I thought, what an odd statement. And it's so true. Well, what does that mean, though? You're just, you live so loud. Like your heart is just, I mean, everything is just so much, so much more. Like you care so much more, you know, because... It, up until then, it's just you, you know? You can be selfish. And and now. And, and I'll tell you a funny story on Olivia and Charlotte and Will. This past weekend, again, if you're listening on upload day, Tuesday was the 4th of July weekend. All of our kids were gone. It was us. It was us. And we had nothing to do. We have nothing we, to we do. We sat by our phones waiting for them to ring. Yeah. Like a friend who has a boat. A yacht. A lake house. Something. A pool. Something. And and it, our phones didn't ring. No. It was, it was quite pitiful. Uh, it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It reminded me, and I wrote about this in the letter, uh, which is our weekly e-newsletter that we send on the Saturdays. And so uh, I always write an open, and I wrote about this in the letter this past weekend. Remember years ago, it was maybe five years ago, we were in the DR? Yes. The Dominican Republic for the 4th of July? Yes. And I was miserable because there are no red, white, and blue flags. <laughs> they didn't care. They, they didn't. There's no fireworks. There's no parade. There's no watermelon. There's no... Nothing. Uh, nothing. And I think I, I drank like 12 El Presidentes. <laughs> I, I, I just, it felt strange to me. And I said it to, to, to myself at that point, I'm, I'm never not going to be in my country on Independence Day. I found myself thinking, I wish I was in the DR with 10 El Presidentes in a pool. But did you not feel strange? <laughs> yeah, no, and I And I had that same feeling this past weekend when, when it was yes. just, you know, we kind of, we watched Hamilton about six times. <laughs> Didn't do a whole lot. Lit some sparklers. Yeah, seriously. Well, a rather uneventful July Fourth. But I think it is for everyone. I agree. Again, I agree. It wasn't like we were completely missing out. For us, for the Fourth of July, we have always traveled every single year because have, of Olivia's birthday. Well, and it's just, yeah, and it's just a great week to travel. So she has spent her birthday in. We had a great birthday in the Dominican Republic with her. We somehow garnered a cake and candles and all that. But we've spent it. Everywhere on cruises, uh, at Disney, on you know different places. She, I, we've always been gone for her birthday up in the mountain house, so it was sort of um, it was just an uneventful fourth. But next year, 
will be the year. So tonight we are off to California Pizza Kitchen. Yep. That's her choice. We always let them pick where they're going to go. And we always hold our breath that the dreaded, as we've discussed before, what doesn't come Penny out. Hibachi. Yeah. 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 Because I've about worn out all my gross clothes. I mean, I'm wearing them every day, you know, in the COVID. So I really did not have any hibachi clothes to put on. <laughs> CPK, here we come tonight. Yeah, so happy birthday, Olivia. She's yes. 17, and Love she's you. wise Great beyond spirit. her she years. And, and, you know, as a dad, we've talked about Jack, her boyfriend, who goes to Norcross High School. They, they have kind of a long-distance relationship. They, you know, there's, what, about a 30, 35, 40-minute drive yeah. for the two of them to see each other. Um, Jack lives down in, in, right there on the Norcross Peachtree Corners line. Olivia, obviously, is up here with us in North Fulton County. Um, and they've been dating for almost two years. Oh, Yes. And he treats her uh, very well, and, yes. and I appreciate that as a dad. And we've always said to the two of them, and as have Jack's parents, we'll do whatever it takes to get you guys together once a week. We, we can't promise more than that because all four parents work. And Well, now uh, they're both driving. And the reason that they haven't been – the reason they haven't been able to drive as much in the past to each other is because they had to traverse 400 or back roads. And that was kind of like – that's the last bastion, you know. <laughs> you let your kids get on 400 when you really think they've got it down. So um, they're now starting to kind of drive to, to go places. Maybe we'll talk about that on another pod, that now they've been in a long-term relationship and how I feel about that. I love Jack, but I, I'm i uh, I'm not a big proponent. I'm just going to be honest here, of long-term relationships with people in high school because I do think that, again, as much as I love them together, I think that you need to date a lot of people. That's all I'm going to say. Probably not the most popular conversation, but that's kind of how I feel, you know. All right. On your way here today to the App and Podcast Network and App and Media Group on North Main Street in Alpharetta, Georgia. Okay. I was listening to Driving and Crying, and I was listening to Fly Me Courageous. And I'm a huge Driving and Crying fan. You know, the original members are Kevin Kenny and Tim Nielsen. I have a great picture of myself and Tim Nielsen that we'll load into the letter this week. Um, they, you know, they came on the scene in 1985 and, um, they are definitely, you know, there's a lot of Atlanta bands. There's REM. We've talked about it before. There's TLC. There's, I mean, now there's a ton of Atlanta bands, but I'm talking about in kind of that eighties time period, you know, pylon and swimming pool cues and all that stuff. But driving and crying for me, it, it reminds me of that period of my life when I had graduated college and I had just started working. And I was thinking about this the other day. Anybody in that period of life, your friends kind of become your family. You know, you sort of live in this like communal friends kind of living situation. I think I had like four or five roommates and we just went out every single night and we would see music. You know, it wasn't always about going out and drinking and partying. It was just music scene, huge music scene. And so we would go and see Driving and Crying every, they would do a show every Thanksgiving um, in Midtown at the place that's now called Vinyl and I can't think of what it used to be. Oh, somebody's going to be yelling out. But anyways, um, and they're just a great band. They are a Southern band. And I wanted to put Fly Me Courageous on there instead of, you know, Straight to Hell and some of the other ones. Because I think for me, that was the time, and I think for them too, that was the time when they sort of stepped into being more of like a, a kind of a rock band. Up until then, they'd kind of been alt, more acoustic-y you know, that type of thing. But I can remember seeing them at Six Flags in the Southern Star Amphitheater. Do you remember that? Do I ever. Yeah. And at this particular show, it I don't know what time of the year it was or what, but it started raining and then it started snowing. And they were filming a video 
And um, I'm sure it's out there. I think me and my friend Colette are in the video because we knew a lot of people that, you know, were working with them and so forth. I want to tell you another story about Six Flags before we get to your song. The first band that I ever saw at Six Flags was not, before they built the Southern Style Amphitheater, they had that little kind of pavilion amphitheater. It was like wooden. If you're old like me and you grew up in Atlanta, you're going to know what I'm talking about. But it was kind of over by the screen machine. I saw Dr. Hook there. Cover of a Rolling Stone. Yes. It was hilarious. And we, me and my friend Rita, and I think Allison, there were some older, like, people from our high school, and they gave us a sip of, like, Boone's Farm. I think I was like, Get back. Yeah, I think I was, like, 15, 16, which I would kill my kids right now if they were sipping Boone's Farm with a bunch of older people. At Six Flags. Seriously. At the Southern Strand Theater, which is that even, is, I don't even think that's around anymore. No, is it no the they turned it into, like, the water park area. I remember going one time, you know, they used to book country acts. I know. <clears throat> all the time. And they I had remember big gospel shows, you remember? I don't remember the gospel yeah. shows, but well. I remember the the rock and the country <laughs> shows. I don't know, I don't know that I made it into the Christian gospel shows. Yes. Neil McCoy used to play there quite a bit. Right. And after Neil McCoy played, all the artists, uh, it was in their writers that, you know, they had to have hotel rooms right for the day and after the concert. And so they stayed at the Ramada Inn on Fulton Industrial Boulevard. Oh God, near Thornton Road. Yeah. Uh, well, a little closer coming into the city. Ooh, okay. And there was a lounge. Oh. In the Ramada Inn. <laughs> and I remember there were several of us in the radio station that, that went because Neil was like, listen, I'm staying at the Ramada and we're going to go play in the lounge. Oh, my gosh. And we all went and it turned into, I mean, people just falling down. I mean. Crazy. Yes. Yes. But yes. like, you know, but you think, time. but you think of like a hotel bar, like with that guy playing the piano. Hello. Yeah. You know, the organ. Yeah. But some Phil Collins, you know. <laughs> Some Christopher Cross. Seriously. Has a little like Cuvassier cup on his mm, piano for tips. Casio keyboard. <laughs> and here comes Neil McCoy and his five-piece raunchy band. And oh, it was crazy. But a great, great time. Fun. Okay, great, so we're going to add Fly Me Courageous. Love that. Yeah. Love that. How and, about and, you? Did, well, hang on. Didn't didn't Kevin Kenny, didn't he do some solo stuff for a documentary or? Yes, he's always done some solo stuff. Well, you know, um, who did the great, was it Eric? Was it, Von, was it Eric Von Hessler had something. Eric Von Eric, Hessler he did a great who, who documentary. has a talk show on WSBAM every morning. He did an amazing documentary on them. Okay. Um, that I think you can probably get on YouTube or somewhere. But yes, Kevin Kenny's always doing, um, you know, solo shows. And they, they do a lot for um, food banks. And they, they've done a lot for charities in Atlanta. So great band. All right. How about you? On the way here today, I was jamming and hyping out. To Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way? Oh my gosh, I love Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz was very a big part of my college music days. Uh-huh. Why do you laugh? Because <laughs> I'm thinking about me listening to Lenny Kravitz when I was listening to it. How old I was. Go ahead. You were probably, what, 23? Something like that. And I was 18? Something like that. 17? Uh, Lenny Kravitz has decided he's going to write a memoir. And okay, it's called, I am all for this. Let Love Rule, and it's coming out on October the 6th. But as I was listening to Lenny, anytime I hear Lenny Kravitz, I flash back to Western Carolina University back in, I was only there for a year or two, back in 92, we'll say. Uh-huh. And Myra Simpson was a Sigma Kappa. And I met Myra Simpson through my sister, Jujina, who was also a Sigma Kappa. Uh-huh. And Myra loved Lenny Kravitz. And Myra would always invite me over to Scott Dorm where she lived so that we could listen to Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. But that was not really why Myra wanted me to come over. Oh. And it's not what you're thinking. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. What? I don't know. Well, Myra wanted me to bring my sack. Okay. Stop. 
Stop. And that's and that's the only reason why she okay. really she had. I love Myra Simpson. All right. At this point, I don't know which sack we're talking but about. So let's no, just move on. She had no interest in me whatsoever. Okay. But you know how you always take the bait. You know, hey, how do you want to come over and listen to Lenny Kravitz? I'll be there in three. Okay. You know, and then you would. I don't run, but I would run. You know, across the courtyard. And You'd walk briskly past the city. You know, the, the student center and the bell tower, and I'd get to Scott Dorm and be sweating and go up there and. All right. It's just a little disappointing. There. Yeah. Then there was also five years ago, Lenny Kravitz is doing a show in Sweden. Oh, I remember this. You may have seen the video. And Lenny was wearing leather pants. And Lenny. Um, they split open. Lenny Kravitz does not wear. Uh, he goes. He, he free balls everywhere that he goes. Uh-huh. And about how we watched the video before we came over here today. Yes. So I said, do you remember this? Yes. And he said, how could you forget that right there? Right. So Lenny Kravitz is, you know, getting down in his position and he's rocking back and forth with his guitar. And suddenly his pants split, his open. Pants split open and, and what falls down can best be described okay. as like a metronome because it's keeping time. As he rocks back okay. and forth playing his guitar. We think are not of, even 10 minutes in. Think, think of Big Ben, but we'll call it Big Lynn. Okay. As in Lenny Kravitz. I love Lenny remember Kravitz. Remember though? Yes. Remember that thing? Yeah, I'm moving on. I mean, kids could swing on it. Uh, okay, I'm moving on. All right. Um, here's the thing. I am all about this memoir because he has had some, I mean, he was in a relationship with. Um, uh, Halle Berry. Halle Berry. He was in a relationship with Nicole Kidman for a long time. Um, and now, and then he was married. No, he was married to, um, oh, the Cosby kid. Ugh. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. And they have a child, so. Trudy. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Again. She was, in the facts semi. A lot. she was in the facts a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can you sing that song right now? You take the good, you yep. take the bad, you take and then, uh, the, the facts, facts of, of life. life. What was the woman's name that Mrs. Garrett that hoarded them all together? Yeah, Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. Okay. Well, anyway, I am all down for that memoir. It's gonna be good. So we'll add those two: some driving a crime and some Lenny Kravitz to the Caddy and Donna Core Fifty Seven Spotify hypes on playlist. And if you, you know, what's interesting about Fourth of July falling on a weekend is that there were many people that took last week yes. off of work and considered that the fourth, and then there are just as many that are off this week because it's still technically the no. Well, it would be. It's still the 4th of July week, sort of. After, yeah. We're so there are people that took off yeah. this week, too, for vacation. And yeah. so if you are one of those people and you are going to be traveling or you're on the beach or you're headed up to the mountains, you're going to be hiking, check out the, the, the Spotify Hypes on Playlist. It's like six hours now of music that's Yeah. Well, what, what was not great about the three-day last, this past 4th of July weekend, the three-day weekend, is it was three days that we heard fireworks. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we are now out of the 4th of July. We need to put our fireworks up. Pack them back up. All right. You have a meme that you'd like to start with. Well, it's not really a meme. It's just like a thing that, that like a meme is like a, a funny cartoon. But this is just something that this person threw out. It's from um, Connect Politico. Connect Politic Ditto is the um, site. But anyways, he says, my wife grew up thinking that having water ice dispensers in the fridge door was a life goal. I grew up thinking if you had a basketball hoop with a clear plexiglass backboard, you were rich. What are some things you thought were indicators of wealth when you were a kid? Some of the things that people wrote were hilarious. So it started me thinking like, if you have something, send it to us on our text line or, or post it on social. Like what was the thing when you were growing up? 
not right now, but like when you were a kid, you thought if you went to someone's house or you saw it, you're like, man, that person's rich. Two things for me. It was shag carpet. Like if you had nice shag carpet. Yes. If you had like nice shag carpet. Yes. And if you had like a pool table, you know, like if you had like a kind of a semi, not a game room, but I mean, even if you had just like a pool table. And when I was growing up, those basements were like weird kind of sunken basements that always smelled musty and stuff. But if you had something like that, you had it going on. Or if your mom and daddy bought you a Firebird or a Trans Am when you turned 16. What about you? You were rich. Oh, you had some. I always thought I had friends whose grandparents had a pool. Oh, yeah. Pool was a big one. And so when you were invited over to swim, it was a big deal. Yeah. And you knew that there was money in the family. Yeah. The Bullock family who lived across the street from us. Growing up, I lived in the same neighborhood pretty much my entire childhood and had most of the same neighbors. The Bullocks were the first to get microwave. Oh. And, and a minivan, by the way. That's big money. The Bullocks are loaded. They owned a restaurant. Yeah. In Hickory. That's big money. Um, and so when they got the minivan, and people had never seen a minivan before, and it was like this spaceship almost. And then they got a microwave, and I'm like, damn, they're just printing money over there at their house. Yeah. But it was one of those microwaves about the size of what your kitchen table now. Yeah, it's huge. And, and there was always a concern about radiation. Right. Remember, you couldn't get anywhere near the microwave. When you were cooking things. As soon as you hit the time and start, you had to run <laughs> from the microwave. <laughs> Because of the, the, the fear of radiation. Oh, my gosh. And the other, on the other side of our home, growing up in Hickory, uh, the Shrek family. And, and you've, you, you, met you, them, you, yeah. you've met the Shrek family. They were uh, neighbors of ours for, for 20 years. Mr. Shrek worked for, it may have been Bell South back then, or Southern Bell, probably. And he had a cell phone, Donna. Oh, yeah, the big ones. That, that was in, it was the size of... That microwave that was the size of your kitchen table. Was it in a bag? It was in a bag. Yeah. And so the first time that he got it, I remember that he called Faye, the mother, Faye Shrek, Mrs. Shrek, from the um, uh, uh, from the driveway mm. and called the house and was like, "That's you know, life changing." I'm, I'm, well, hang on, I'm leaving. The, I'm leaving work right now. You know, what's for dinner? Can I stop and get anything? I don't know what the conversation was. I'm making all of that up. But then, three seconds later, he walks in the door. I bet they were like, "What?" How did you do that? Yeah. And then he had a cell phone because he worked for the, for the cell phone company. Do you remember, too, with the cell phone in the bag, it was always like whoever had that cell phone, like of their parents or whatever, they were like, you can't touch it because it costs a million dollars if you make a call on this. Like, you know, it was like some extravagant number where it was like you could not, you, the only way you could use that phone in a bag, because I was given one, a phone in a bag. When by I went, who? By my mom and dad when I went up to Georgia at some point. And they're and, like, your apartment better be on fire if no, you use your house. Phone. Like, you need to have rolled over, not one time. Like, your car needed to have rolled over maybe four times. And, like, you couldn't crawl out. Then you could use the phone in the back. Then, you know. And it had, you had to pull it out and it had that cord that went around and the big square numbers that you push in. It was like, you know. <laughs> It, some of the things, I mean, we'll post a couple that people put, but even like people said when kids brought in Lunchables, that meant they had money like a long time ago. Like As opposed it, to eating in the cafeteria. Yeah, it, or that, or if your mom didn't just make you like a bologna sandwich and some rogue Fritos. Like if you had prepackaged food, you would hit the big time. Second refrigerators. You know, now we all have a second refrigerator that holds the beer and the whatever in our garage but back a long time ago if you had a second like why would you have a second refrigerator or like a freezer 
where your mom kept the drop down freezer. Yeah, with the popsicles and the yeah, food and the meat, mm-hmm. the steak and all that crazy stuff. So leave us some um, messages for what you know. What was your idea of rich growing up? I'm sure it's changed. Social media on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Cadillac at ATL Cadillac, and you can also reach out to us on the uh, voicemail text line anytime seven seven zero four six four six zero two four. Seven seven zero four six four six zero two four. In the COVID nineteen economy, do you agree with this statement? You're allowed only a kid or a job. Yeah. Can you have both right now? Well, I think you have to have both, but I think it's incredibly, incredibly difficult. This is a. It was a great article that was in the New York Times and. It's interesting when I read it, I felt, uh, you know, how people say I felt seen in a way like I'm like, okay, it's not just me. Sometimes you don't have a, a way to voice how you're feeling. And I will say I have not, I have felt this way. I really have. Um, because I work out of the house. I have always worked out of the house um, in the job that I have now. I used to commute downtown. I took a job so that I wouldn't have to commute downtown. So now I work out of the home. And I had been doing that probably for six months before COVID came around. Um, so then everybody came home. And I will say, like, with with my kids, I'm just going to say from my personal perspective, my kids are not as young. I cannot imagine doing this right now with young children. But that even being said, I have, and I'm just going to put it out there, I have so much mom guilt right now because my kids are sleeping so late. Like some days I don't even see them until, and I'm, I'm just going to put this out. There's embarrassing, like almost two o'clock or whatever because they're staying up all night. And, you know, I used to, when my kids were little, because there was a period of time where I didn't work, I stayed home. I really tried during the summer to, to do things like, okay, we're going to go to the zoo. We're going to go to the science museum. Go to the pool. We're going to go to the pool. And I kind of had this, this semi-schedule. You know, I have no schedule right now. And I feel like every time my kids come downstairs to talk to me, I'm on my computer or on a conference call or on a Zoom call or, you know, whatever, on with a client. I just, and I have always wanted to model to my girls and to will that, you know, you work hard for your success. And I know they know that about us, but I've also always tried to model work-life balance. And I am not doing that at well at all right now. I'm just, I'm just not. And even like Charlotte has said to me, mom, you work all the time, you know, and, but they're at home all the time. Right they now. are. And this is not a me, woe is me. I'm working all the time. It's not about that, but you know, they see us leaving to, to do the podcast. But I think right now there's no delineation between work and home. So they used to not see me. I mean, I used to do, you know, when I drove downtown, I, I participated in God knows how many meetings a day or was on the phone all the time with my clients. But but you take a break to go to lunch with your coworkers or you grab a cup of coffee or then there's the time when you're driving home in your car and you get home and the kids say, what did you do today? You know, but right now all they see is us working. And, and this one mom was saying, like, you almost feel bad. Like people say to you, well, you shouldn't have had kids if you if you weren't going to raise them. Well, or, or you weren't going to take care of them. Well, as parents, we had no idea that we were going to have to simultaneously raise our kids, homeschool them, you know, be stressed about our health, our kids' health, financial, our jobs. It's just really a lot right now. And, um, you know, I think for moms and dads who work, it's when people say like stuff like, well, aren't you enjoying, you know, the extra quality time with your kid? 
what quality time, you know, I'm working. And a friend of mine who does have young kids, I told you this the other day, she posted, it was, it was funny, but it was also kind of sad. This, this thing on her social media channels that said, this is my work day. Um, I work from six in the morning till eight, pretty and un uninterrupted. Then eight to eight, 15. Then I make some breakfast for kids. Then eight 30 to nine. Then I go and see if I can start them on a craft project. Then I'm back nine, nine, 15. Your work day has been broken down into increments of 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. And you're just trying to grab it, you know, whenever you can. I have no idea what the answer is. I can offer you no hope. But if you're struggling like I am, I'm, I'm really like I'm calling myself out on this. I just feel like, you know, I said the other day, this is the most unsummary summer. Well, I feel that way. And I know my kids do too. But then there's also a lot of things that you just can't do, you know. And some people are lucky. They have their grandparents, you know, they have a a nanny or whoever that's coming in. And, and we've had help in the past um, with our kids, but that's when we were, you know, not in the house. Florida State University has told their staff that they can't care for kids while they are working remotely. How do you enforce that? How is that? Is, is that legal? I don't know. I mean, I guess your kid can't be seen in a Zoom call or heard from. As of August 7th, Employees of FSU will no longer be allowed to care for their children while working from home during the coronavirus pandemic. In March 2020, the university communicated a temporary exception to policy which allowed employees to care for the children at home while uh, on the temporary remote work agreement, as they call it. But effective August 7th, they're going to return to the normal policy, and that, that means that you can no longer care for your children while you're working remotely. Is this, being a worldwide pandemic, is this not an exception to that? I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, here's the other thing. A lot of people who are two-income families, one of, the, one of the people has been furloughed or let go. So the other person, as miserable as the situation may be, has no choice because they, they have to keep the lights on and they have to keep working. So they feel this stress to, to conform and do what they have to do. And I thought this was interesting. It says, under the best of circumstances, the impact on children will still be significant. Students will lose most of a year of learning as parents, their new untrained teachers, cannot supervise in any meaningful way while zooming into the office. And it's so true. That is very true. I mean, you know, again, I feel lucky in one way that our, our girls are older and self-directed with school and stuff. But I really feel for anyone who's listening right now who has young, multiple young children, one young child, and, and you're trying to to juggle life and, and, and raise these kids and forget about having a relationship with your spouse or partner because you're so exhausted by the time you hit the bed and you're, you're cranky and, you, you know, there's no time for date nights or, or any of that stuff. So I think it's, um, I think right now mental health is really under attack. And I think people kind of walk around going, oh, I'm doing the best I can do. I'm okay. I'm a, but we are under an amazing amount of stress as humans, sort of trying to, to juggle all these balls. So I wish I could end this like on a, you know, here's what I think we should do, but I really don't know. But if you also leave the workforce to take care of your kids at home, what are the odds of you getting back into the workforce? Slim to none. Anytime soon. Slim to none. And that's what I mean. Everyone's going to hold on to the jobs they have, no matter what the criteria is, no matter what your company's asking of you, you're just thankful to the good Lord above to have a job, you know? And there's not a group of people. I don't think there's a group of people 
that this situation is less fair to than, than teachers and to educators because they're supposed to teach in the classroom full time, but also at the same time manage remote learning and also make sure that their kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing for their studies yeah, and, and for their work and for their projects. It's, um, it's a very, very tough time. Nearly impossible. Nearly impossible. But we'll try to do uh, the best that we can. Yes, hopefully they'll go back or in some form or another and we can get a small break. You may be thinking that because you are seeing a doctor after a car accident, you'll need to at least have a copay. That is not the case. Never has been. If you've been injured in an accident and come to a Hurt 911 Injury Center, there is zero, Z-E-R-O, zero out-of-pocket cost to be seen by Hurt 911 doctor. No charge to you unless Hurt 911 wins your case. You can call any time of the night, any time of the day for a free consultation, and they manage all sorts of car accident cases. 1-800-HURT-911 and the Hurt 911 Injury Group. 1-800-HURT-911-GEORGIA's premier choice in accident care. 1-800-HURT-911. You can tune out right now of this podcast if you do not care to maximize your profit while selling your home because who, who wouldn't want to do that? Sell your home on your time frame without being pressured. You need to call my friend Tracy Cousineau and Real Estate Expert Advisors. Tracy's been a very dear friend and a great partner uh, well back into my uh, past terrestrial radio days. And Tracy and Jason Williford followed us here to the podcast and have been just as supportive with this. Tracy Cousineau, Real Estate Expert Advisors. Here's what's going to happen. Tracy's going to invest six figures in the marketing of your home. Uh, she's going to get it in the eyes of everybody that needs to see it. If you're not ready to move, then, then don't. it's not quite time to call 855-MY-EXPERT. Because uh, when you do sign with Tracy Cousineau and you partner with Tracy Cousineau and you can't get up to 18% more money while selling your home with Tracy Cousineau's Real Estate Expert Advisors, you better be packed and ready to go because she's going to sell you a house. Uh, don't do an experiment. Let's just see what the market's like right now. And it's a great market, by the way. Uh, let's just see what happens. Uh, you best be ready to move when you reach out to Tracy Cousineau. That's cousin with an E-A-U, TracyCousineau.com, because you know she's going to sell your home. We have laughed about if we had like a, a, a farm here in, 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 in North Atlanta or West Atlanta or somewhere in Atlanta or, you know, Canton, Ball Ground, Milton, <clears throat> that we would, we would open up a drive-in movie theater. Yeah, it's the way to go right now. They have been sitting for decades now and have made nothing but weeds. Right. You know, I mean, there's the drive-ins have just not been. On, on anyone's radar. They haven't yeah. un- until now. And suddenly, drive-ins are in vogue. And I think it's super cool. I do, too. Uh, there's one uh, we were going to go the other week to see uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Up in LJ, I think. Mm-hmm. And then yep. you got the Starlight yes. here in Atlanta. Tiger. The Tiger Drive-In. Yes. Walmart now says that they are getting into the drive-in movie business because they see the need. Walmart parking lots will host drive-in movie uh, series at 160 stores nationwide. I think that's kind of cool. I really do. And the company that, um, who was it? Um, 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 oh, I forgot his name. They partnered with someone. Yes. Anyway. I forgot who it was. But they're going to do a three-month Tribeca. Long, right, but it's run by, who's it run by? I forgot, some big Hollywood bigwig. But, um, they're going to secure the movies for Walmart to show, and they're mm-hmm. going to do a three-month run. Hopefully, we'll be 
hope cro- fingers crossed Jesus Christ will be done with this within hopefully within three months I'll boast of it if not uh, but they're going to start doing that here and do for three months and and they're going to have uh, snacks and you can order uh, your snacks and they'll bring them uh, drive in attendees will, will pick up your snacks inside the store and bring them to your curbside before the movie starts. I was thinking about this though. We were talking about it last week because we were going to drive the girls up, but it ended up raining. You do have to kind of watch the weather if you're planning on going to like a, um, a, a, a drive through or drive out, what you know, movie theater type thing. But um, you have to have a certain kind of car because you got to be comfortable. You know what I mean? So we were like, okay, we got to take your truck because we got to lay in the, put some blankets down and like the tailgate or stuff. If you have like a small car, my kids would start complaining before the credits even started rolling in the beginning, they'd be like, mm, this one's on my side. It's too cramped. Like, you know, we don't have enough room. Somebody's going to spill their Cokes and their popcorn, like in the first 10 minutes. So you Robert have, De Niro, I right, had to yes. find it. I'm sorry. Robert De Niro is behind. Tribeca. Yes. So you have to have the right kind of vehicle. You know what I mean? If you have little kids, can you imagine doing this with a bunch of little kids, like run around the back of your suburban? Did you go to the drive-in when you were a kid? No, we've talked about this. No, I did not. See, we did. I we know. went to the Springs Road drive-in and it was such a big, we've heard. In a past episode. <laughs> it was such a big deal, though. It was so much fun. No, it is fun. Because here's what happens. The movie doesn't start until dusk, and so you could tell your mama, Mama, listen, we're going to the drive-in. You know, the movie's not going to start probably till 9, 30, 10 yeah, o'clock. dusk is nebulous. You never know when it's it, going to happen. It is. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's for your own interpretation as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or actually to the interpretation of whoever's going to hit play on the film. Right. But you hope that they air on the side of darkness. Yes. That way you're out longer. <laughs> And then, you know, hey, mama, listen, we're going to go to we're going to go to Shell's barbecue afterwards and get us a cherry lemon vanilla sundrop and a barbecue sandwich. So it may be two o'clock till I get home. OK, hide. <laughs> be careful. You know, the key, I'm, I'm going to lock the door. I'll be in bed. The, the key will be in the freezer in the in the in the outside in the utility closet. I know. Can you imagine? My mom used to say, I'll leave the porch light on two in the morning. I'm trying to like crawl up into the steps. I mean, I would kill my kids now. I am not. I do not go to sleep. Until I've seen everyone on 360. Oh, I, where, oh, I know. Well, that's a whole different conversation. But where they are, tucked in, ready to go. Ready to roll. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We were talking about how, um, you know, there's so much debate right now about concerts. And what are they going to look like? And when are they going to come back? And um, one of the things that Live Nation said in a recent article is a lot of it has to do with liability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, liability is a word you hear all the time when with, with companies when, you know, they're afraid to do things. And I think coming out of this, that's the big unknown. And the one thing that came up from, um, you know, an article that we were looking at is ticket prices are going to be much higher mm-hmm. because there's just not going to be as many people there. And, you know, you brought up a great point, you know, to, to put a band on the road, gas up buses, you know, routing, there are people who work with artists, um, you know, any artist, rock bands, country artists, anyone, and their sole job is routing. And what that means is to make sure, if you've ever looked at how an artist plays across the country, you know, usually before an artist comes to Atlanta, they're in Charlotte, they're in Nashville, West Palm, West Palm. Tampa. There's a reason why they route that way. And, you know, very few bands other than, you know, again, Aerosmith. And I mean, I'm talking about bands that have been touring forever. U2. Most bands tour on Prevost buses, which means there has to be a driver, which means that driver has to have mandated sleep, which means there's gas, which there's additional buses for equipment. It's quite a scene to do all that routing and get someone on the road. So coming out of this, 
I think they're not going to stay on the road as long. There's going to be fewer stops. And if there's not tickets being sold, they're there's just not going to be a point to put those artists in those venues if you have to social distance. Well, so you would far lose away. money. Yeah, yeah. And there was always the chance that you could lose money on certain shows, but you'd make it up on the next night. You know, if one city was a bomb for whatever reason, I think it's going to be interesting to see how we come out of this. And you and I were talking about it. There may be no more like pits. You know, that has become such a big deal, especially in country music, where there's no chairs up to the front of the stage and it's just a large pit full of people and artists love it because the energy instead of having to tell people come on stand up get off your seats these people down here in the pit including you and i are crowd surfing and going crazy and having fun and you know what i mean what is a premium ticket and so you want to be there you want to be in the middle of all that yeah the the craziness yeah and i just don't know how they're going to do that anymore they may back off they will yeah so there may be 50 feet or 100 feet or two i don't know how many tons of feet from the stage to the first row you know it used to be when you were going to concerts you wanted to be in the first five rows and still if you want to sit down and not have that madness you do but now sometimes when you buy i've heard people say this before like they buy what they think is a front row or second row seat but your front row behind the pit and there's 300 people standing in front of you going crazy and you're like what what whipping their hair back and forth and that's me but that's another story spilling drinks and things yes so meet and greets is another thing yes. we talked about. There, 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 there will be no more meet and greets what are they gonna do check everyone's temperature coming it's through? not gonna happen there's no artist and and, and and artists love their fans artists understand fans are the ones that gas the bus and and buy the albums and make them money uh, artists love the fans but artists are not going to put themselves and the fans by the way in jeopardy. In jeopardy. Yeah. And at some point, you know, an average meet and greet for a, a singer the size of, let's say, a, um, give me somebody, not a Kenny. Um, like a Lady Annabellum. Maybe not a good example. Um, old Dominion. An Old Dominion meet and greet could probably have 200 people in it. Coming through. Yeah. Well, and there's the new thing now that you and I have talked about it where. And there's also five members of Old Dominion. So there's going shake to all those be, hands. exactly, and, and it's just not going to happen. Well, and you know, there, what we were talking about was there used to be, you used to have to know someone to get into a meet and greet. You had to win it from a radio. You had to know someone with the band. You had to be associated with a company. Maybe your dad did some legal services for the band and you always wanted to meet them and you got back there. Now you can buy these meet and greet they sell. They sell the, it's called the experience. Yeah. And usually they run those people through before they run the radio people through. And it's, it's a very timed you come through you shake the hands you get a poster they call it a grip and grin you get a you know a shake a hand and then you get a quick picture and maybe you get a poster or something they're not going to do that and that was a huge source of revenue it was a brand new revenue stream that had just in the past two three years started to evolve not just in i think country was the first to go for it especially for like well really the bigger artists like kenny but then also the mid-level artists it was a good way to make extra money you know, to, to offer this experience. Some of those, like I know Keith Urban, Tim McGraw, Blake, a lot of them had gotten to the point where they were doing a mini concert before the concert. And you would come in and there would be a beer sponsor. So that would be the beer that was served. There'd be sometimes a little bit of food. And then they would the artists would come out from the tent, the side of the tent. They'd play three or four songs, you know. And, and artist of that stature, though, there was no autograph, no picture. No. But you did get to experience a little pre-show acoustic yes. concert. I remember being somewhere, and it was the last time maybe, it was the last time I saw Midland, which is a country trio. Um, 
and they were doing, they met with the people that had purchased the Midland backstage experience first. And I was standing there with the record label rep. And I said, let me get this straight. I said, how many people are queued up in that line right now? And it was hundreds. I think it was maybe 300 people had had bought the experience. I said, what does that cost? And it's like 75 bucks. Yeah. So imagine the, the, I'm not going to do the math. I, I just can't do it right now. But imagine that, that revenue stream that, that artists didn't have as recently as a year ago. In every city. In every, every night. Right. Every right. night. Yeah. And so it used to be a pretty exclusive, you know, you had to win your way backstage with a right. radio contest or, uh, you know, other ways that you mentioned just a moment ago. But now it's it's pretty much anybody, any, you know, you, anybody can buy an as long experience as you have a credit card, yeah. to get back there. They'll take your money because it's an additional revenue stream. But all of that's going to end. It has to. There's just, here's the L word again. Liability. liability. Yeah. And, and even if they took people's temperatures and got them back there, I just think most artists would not feel comfortable. I mean, maybe some will, you know, maybe hopefully we get back to that, but I don't know. Something for all your home needs and all at great prices, whether you're looking for a dining room table, a king size bed for your master bedroom or a sofa for your living room, gallery furniture, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville has you covered with so many brands and styles. They also offer financing. Uh, talking to Marilyn, who is Donna's daughter. Donna is the daughter of the Wolfman. Remember, ask for the Wolfman, a three-decade, multi-generational family-owned business in Gainesville. And they have uh, overstock. And, and, and with the big box retailers right now, it's going to take you uh, weeks, if not months, to get your order. Gallery Furniture, you can back your truck up today if you'd like. Now, they have delivery options, and they can get it to you within a day. But if you want to back your truck up and pick up your uh, recliner that you bought for two ninety nine, dollars uh, then, then you can do that. They'll also sell you uh, units and uh, display units right off the floor, if that's what you would like. So many different brands, so many different styles. Gallery, furniture, Gainesville, askforthewolfman.com. The official meal kit for families is Dinner Affair. Three steps to a nutritious home-cooked meal. You select your menu, you choose your delivery date, then you enjoy delicious dinners. We were thinking about and talking about with Dinner Affair, the great ways that you can use it. Obviously, you can order meals for your families. There's no membership. There's no contract to come into. Um, But aside from that, if you have parents who you're kind of worried about um, what kind of meals they're eating, send them. You can send them a few of these meals. You can also, we were talking about it, if you know someone who's going through a rough time or has had a baby, you know how normally you send food over. You may make one of these meal trains. Well, right now people are kind of weird about like, okay, people sending food to them. I have done this before. You can go in and buy a gift certificate, a gift card to Dinner Affair, and then they can actually go in and pick their own meals. And this is a great way if you're trying to send something to a client, something new out of the box, you know, you don't want to just send flowers or something, use Dinner Affair. The other way is if you're traveling, if you're going to the beach, most of the restaurants are not open. And the ones that are, are two and three hour wait. So who wants to go down to the beach and cook every single night? So Order some dinner fair meals, throw them in the cooler, drive them down to 30A, Orange Beach, wherever you're going, and then that night you've got meals ready to go. It's a great way to use dinner affair. $30 off your first order when you enter the promo code CADDY, C-A-D-D-Y, at checkout. And uh, 30 bucks off to try. Great stuff. We have been fans and clients of dinner fair for years. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E dot com, dinner 
affair. $30 off that first order. Promo code is caddy. So as we've talked about um, today is Olivia's birthday. And we did ask her, you know, where do you want to go eat? We said we can go anywhere. She loves Coletta at Avalon, this nice Italian restaurant. Like She didn't want to go there. She wants to go to California Peach Kitchen. I was like, Whew. I know. Saves a lot of money. Well, not really. California Peach Kitchen is always expensive. Not quite Coletta level. But. So this is where we're going. But it's funny to me how whenever it's time for any of the kids to have a birthday, how you sort of try to sway them to where you want to go. You're like, we could go, again, we could go to like Oak. We could go to, do you want to go to family tradition? Which the answer is Hickory Flat. No. And Town Lake, two locations. Yeah. Again, not because they're food, but because Ultimate we, meat and three. Yeah, because we go there all the time. You know, it just, do you want to go to Culver's? Do you want to go to where? I mean, like you, you were suggesting soft selling, like for her to move her birthday party and then her birthday dinner birthday dinner tonight and then you were like what kind of cake are you going to get for and i'm like well you know she, olivia is crazy about pie so in a funny twist i have always gotten like a key lime pie i used to do the cakes when she was little the expensive cakes but yes. now as she's gotten older i would just get her like a really cool key lime pie and put a birthday candle in it. and you're like i we should get her an ice cream cake and it's because you like ice cream cakes so it got me to thinking and, and it just hit me out of the blue how somehow you manipulate even like the family dinners and stuff. Is this me? Yes, to get catered to. Like my mom, I was talking to my sister about this. We always just had unsweet tea. We just didn't drink a lot of sweet tea. We always had unsweet tea. When you came into the family, there was no unsweet tea. The only tea we got was sweet tea. But I didn't ask your mother. No, it's how she caters to you. Well, I think Han likes the sweet tea. And then the other one is the deviled eggs. Yes. I'm, I'm, I love deviled eggs, but I'm very particular about my deviled eggs. And I, I do not like relish or pickle. I want some egg and some paprika. <sighs> and basically that's it. And so I remember the, for the, the, first, the first time this happened, Nana came over for Thanksgiving and I had my own egg dolly. Yeah, like my own little caddy. egg, my, 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 my egg caddy. It was like in a Tupperware thing, and it was mine. It had my name on it Yes, because there was no relish and no pickles. And if you're not from the South, if you're listening to our podcast and you're not from the South, you're not going to understand the relevance of deviled eggs. But once you make those deviled eggs, every good Southern girl should have a deviled egg caddy because you've got to get those deviled eggs from your house to wherever you're taking to them, and you've got to have that top, the top of the egg, stay perfect. Because they'll turn quick. People are listening and they're like, these crazy people. But she would. She would bring you your own deviled eggs. Mm -hmm. And then she just. What else she got? She just stopped putting the relish on. Like, not only did you get an egg. Because that was the funny thing, too, is you would say, everybody always eats the eggs and I don't get any. So she'd make you your own dozen eggs. And then the other 24 eggs that she brought over had no relish on them. Well. I said, Mom, he's got his eggs. Well, but if he wants some of these, then he won't have to pick the pickles off. <laughs> it's like, why? So I'm sure that happens to a lot of people that are listening, where somehow your spouse, be it husband or wife, suddenly takes over the menu and people start catering to them. I didn't ask to be catered I, to. Yeah, I know. I know. So we're going to California Pizza Kitchen. She's going to have a key lime pie. Ugh. Meanwhile, I'm going to have a uh, postmade uh, ice cream cake from Dairy Queen yeah. to the house tonight. Um, I'm going to talk about a particular pod peep. Uh, Scott Straw is his name. Never met Scott, but just this week, as a matter of fact, uh, yesterday, I got an email from Scott, and I, I've, I've edited it down quite a bit. I hate that word, edited it down. 
uh, quite a bit, but uh, Caddy and Donna, I'm sure by the time I'm done with this message, the reason for it will be lost. And when I read that, I'm like, okay, here we go. Because occasionally <laughs> you do get, you know, the letter yeah. that says you suck. Yes. Um, so let me say it up front. Thank you both for putting it out there with real conversations about real life, the good, the bad, the funny, and the sad. My regret is that when you sent out your notice of intent to start a podcast in December, I didn't subscribe. I've got a lot of catching up to do. Now to the long, boring stuff. Stop right there for just a moment. I took the liberty to edit a lot of... It was all very nice and kind. He had a long drive, let's just say. Well, the drive was from Tampa to Roswell on Wednesday. And he had to pick up a moving van and and load some gear and spent the night and then drove back to to, to, to to Roswell. And he says, I have about a half dozen podcasts I subscribe to. was pretty well called up by the time I got to 475 in Macon. I dabbled with a few new ones, but nothing clicked. Listened to some free XM Sirius radio for a while, the stand-up comedy channel. Made some phone calls to get me into Tampa. As I started home today, I saw where I had listened to your Get Ready announcement and looked to see if you were still doing it or had moved on. To my surprise and great pleasure, you had dropped one today. Dropped one uh, meaning an episode. I ate it up and grabbed another, driving back uh, to mid, diving back rather, to mid-June. Then another, then another, and then another before I knew I was crossing into Georgia. I've only peripherally, is that the word? Peripherally. Followed your professional career, but it has led me to think that you got a bad deal. Sadly, employees getting shafted happens too often. I will say this, though, and hopefully with almost a year in the rearview mirror, you can see it too. God has never failed to get us through tough times. With his help, we soon find ourselves in a place we could never have predicted, planned, or orchestrated. And for many reasons, we may not have even known about when the tough times occurred. It is not just the perfect place, but the perfect time as well. From the podcast, it seems one of those places is right beside Donna, who sounds as if she has become more than a wife, but a partner and confidant. Never miss a chance to give her a hug. Now is the perfect time. Best regards, Scott Straw. Scott Straw is my preacher now. What a great email to get, though. I mean, and, and you know, so nice. Everybody's just like you. We're we're dealing with money you know, challenges in the pandemic, and we're trying to. You know, there's just a lot going on right now a with lot. unemployment and what's going to happen with the kids going to school and. Um, you know, Donna's got platter, Fisher for Titus. Yes. Uh, I've got a lot of things that we still hadn't quite figured out. Yes. Um, and again, not COVID. Yes. I always feel I have to throw that out there. Yes. But, but so to, to, to get this email out of the blue from Scott, uh, it helped me a lot. It, yeah. And um, it's interesting. Like he, you know, he says we help him by listening, but he helps us by, you know, sending something like that. And what a great message to, to put out there, because I think it's really important right now that everyone know that. Um, now more than ever, when you're looking at people's social channels or things that are going on, life is not perfect for anyone. And so, you know, again, I, I think he's right that sometimes you don't know why things are happening in your life. And I think it's really hard right now with people getting let go and stuff. But sometimes there's a bigger plan. You Thank you, Scott. On. Thank, Thank you, Scott. Scott, very much. Um, you can reach out to us, leave a voicemail or a text message. They come straight to my phone. Let me check real quick before we... Uh... Start to wrap things up. Don't look, Don. I got to enter my code. Okay. Um, the number that you can reach out to us is 770-464-6024. 770-464-6024. And it appears that no one has a damn thing to say. Okay. Well, good. Because we're clear on voicemails 
and don't text messages. Right. But if you just get bored and you're traveling this just week and you just want to say hi, uh, reach out to us. Those messages do come straight to my phone. On social media, Twitter and Instagram are the same, at ATL Cadillac. Uh, you can also talk to your smart speaker at home. Hey, Alexa, play Cadillac Jack podcast, and it will pop up and start with the most current episode and sign up for the letter. It's our weekly e-newsletter. hits every Saturday morning around 9 o'clock, and it's just a compliment to the two episodes that you heard the previous week. You know, you heard that week. Photographs to compliment the stories and alternative titles and uh, occasionally some some free coffee from Starbucks for you. We yeah. going to do that again? Do we, yeah. do we have it on 100 bucks? We'll we'll hold off. We'll we'll keep we'll keep. We? Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean we want to keep it. Uh, you know we want to drop it in when it's kind of like right. a surprise. So do not expect free coffee this weekend. Not every weekend. Uh, in the letter, but uh, we'd like to do fun stuff like that as well. Text uh, left on red, no spaces. Red is a color. R E D to the number two two eight two eight, and you can sign up for the letter. We don't share your information with anybody. Our youngest Charlotte Choate introed the show today. Yeah, we've had Will intro, we've had Olivia intro, and it was Charlotte's turn. Charlotte is 14, and she is our youngest, and she was always known to everyone as Baby Char Char. I don't really know why. That just became her thing. And I'll tell you some, uh, she, of all of our kids, has the absolute biggest heart. Oh, this makes me sad. I mean, she just has the sweetest heart for everybody. She loves animals. I mean, loves them. So much so that, I don't know if we told the story on the podcast, but she brought a, a cat home from a friend of hers. What? Remember Zippy? Which one's that? The orange one. Okay. The friend was moving to Maine, and she wrote a letter and asked if we would adopt Zippy. So Charlotte has always gone around and gathered animals. Um, but we've got to tell that story, though, about the push pop. Tell that story when she was playing softball. When she softball. was playing softball for yes. Alfreda U softball? I think Jamie Bendel was her coach. I swear I don't know. Charlotte is, you know, it's, it's that age where they don't know what's going on and they're kicking dirt and the ball goes right by them and they can care less about the game. Yeah. They're hot. And so Charlotte calls time. She was out in the outfield. She calls time. And I think Jamie Bendel, the coach, who's a dear friend of ours and everybody knows Jamie up in this area. I think they thought her shoes were untied because right. that's usually what happens at this age. And she says. I need a push pop. I need a push pop. Yeah. In the middle of the game. Yeah. Said so the umpire had called time out and was like, Yes. What do you need? I mean, the the ball had been pitched. She was like, I need a push pop. And we're like, okay, you need to wait until the It's game. hard for the child, you know, child that young to understand that. Yes, that the game is over. But everybody thought that it was funny. Hilarious. And we always thought. Because it was so innocent. We always thought. I like a push pop. I'll take a push pop. We always thought Charlotte was going to kind of be a pushover. Because you know the third, the baby, she gets coddled a lot. Um, and she also tells a really funny story about she used to be so like living them and will called her a stage five Klingon because she just did not want to go to school because at the time when she was born i wasn't working i was a stay-at-home mom so she she went everywhere with me from the time she was born until i didn't go back to work until she went into fourth fifth grade and as she tells me that was the worst day of her life i don't think it was but she was just being dramatic but she tells everyone the reason she's a stage five Klingon is because she was a breech baby which she was we had a c-section and when when they went you know, when we were having the C-section, they found out that she had turned around. She was breech. And so somewhere along the way, someone told her that breech babies just don't want to come out into the world. They want to stay with their moms or whatever. And so that has always been her thing. And she used to tell people, like they'd be like, oh, it's okay. You you know, you can be away from your mom for a little bit of time. She's like, no, I really can't because I'm a breech baby. <laughs> She'd pitch it. That would be her pitch. <laughs> like it was a condition. And I always said, if Charlotte could 
crawl back into your vagina, she would. Okay. Well, anyway. Even today. No, she's very independent nowadays. Um, but that's good. She's a teenager. She's going into a new high school next year. Very We're so proud, proud of, her. of her. And she is no shrinking violet. She, what I was going to say is she can take on her brother and sister with no problem. So thank you, Sharshar. We love you, baby Sharshar. Thank you. We have a small ask. Give you three things. If you are able, number one, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews for the pod. Uh, I was going to reach out to uh, my new best friend, Scott. Yes. Um, we should at least get four stars. Scott Straw yeah. and, and ask if he would uh, kindly yeah. just cut and paste yeah. what he wrote <laughs> in the email <laughs> to review form. Yes. Uh, I'll do that later today. Uh, and number three, show our sponsors some love. And we are so grateful for pod support from uh, 1-800-HURT-911. Tra- oh, go ahead. And, and the H means it's me. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, yes, I see that now. We're doubling down now. We're mixing yes. it up a little bit. I show. love that. Right. Okay, go ahead. We're six months in. Back to it. Uh, 1-800-911, Tracy Cousineau and Real Estate Expert Advisors. Gallery of Furniture in Gainesville and Dinner Affair, A-F-A-R-E dot com. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Cadillac Jack, my second act. We are so proud to be part of the Appen Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.